0: Welcome to the Imperfectly Inspirational Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Bowman. We're so glad that you're tuning in this week. And, you know, I'm glad to be going through this book of Ephesians. Uh, actually, I'm really just glad to be going through books of the Bible. I love doing the, you know, different topics, and we'll get back to that. But just really diving deep into the Bible and figuring out what it means is uh, just so much better to me. Because you really get in the whole context of what it is. And, you know, this week we are in Ephesians chapter 2. So getting into chapter 2, what does that mean we learned in chapter 1? Well, uh, finishing up the chapter 1, kind of the basics of it, we see that Paul was kind of talking about how the ultimate example of God's power was uh, the resurrection of Jesus. And in this chapter, we're going to start off talking about kind of the implications of the resurrection what that has in our lives. And I'm going to put in some other things in the contrast with that too as we're going into it. But uh, let's go ahead and just dive in today to Ephesians chapter 2. It says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived In the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us. With him in a heavenly place with Jesus Christ, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus." For good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. And that is going up through verse 10 right there. We're getting this look of salvation. We're getting this look of what this means in our lives and the implications of that. How important is salvation? Well, I want to tell you right now, it is the most important thing. See, he's writing in the book of, uh, not in the book, but he's writing to, this church in, in Ephesus, which is is comprised of Gentiles and Jews, and we're going to get to the Gentile part in the second uh, half of this chapter. But we're he's letting us understand the implications of the salvation because it affects everybody, not just the Gentiles or the Jews. He's now showing us the part of salvation that affects the whole world as it is, and I there's a little picture thing here in my Bible. I got the John MacArthur Study Bible, and it is actually pretty awesome. And it's got this timeline. It says salvation. It says justification. It says saved immediately from sin's penalty. Then, which is the past tense. So the justification means everything in the past was washed away. Sanctification. This is where you are now with your sin. It says saved progressively from sin's power. And then the glorification, saved ultimately from sin's presence. The glorification is when we die and we're in the presence of God. But right now, we're, we're releasing that power of sin over us, but we are still in this world. And, you know, this chapter, too, it really hits me in a way that I don't know that I could explain because this chapter and some other things that I've read just several years ago changed my viewpoint on how I approached people. And see, my viewpoint, ultimately, I'll say, kind of was this very fundamental, old-school line of thinking, like, you know, beat somebody in the head with the Bible, tell them they're going to hell for what they're doing. And and, and in some cases, you know that's not wrong. In some cases, it's not. It depends on how you do it. But when you you go at it in such a wrong way, you're really turning people away from God. See, this right here is letting me know that those people— they don't know any better. The people who have not came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, they don't know better. I didn't know better when I before I was saved. So somebody who is not saved doesn't understand what being out of the grip of sin is. They don't understand what being free is. They are currently in bondage. They don't get it. And so when you go to approach somebody who is unsaved, you have to go to it from that angle. So understanding that the book of the Bible here, these things are written to us who are saved, giving us direction on how to talk to those who are unsaved and the understanding their minds and what we've been saved from. So knowing what we were saved from can help us understand how we can approach someone who was in that same situation, right? See, understand it this way. A dead person is comfortable in their coffin, right? But if you stick somebody alive in a coffin and shut the door, they're going to want out, right? So that, that's the difference between salvation and not salvation. When you're dead in sin, when sin has you there, you're just going to lay there. You're not going to know any different. But once you've came alive in Christ, that change in you. It is going to make a difference, and you're going to realize that, and you're going to want out. You're going to, you're going to not want to be in that place anymore. And I, I wanted just to really take a moment during this episode and point this out: is that we need to realize as a Christian community that you can't beat the Bible into somebody that has not proven to work. Jesus didn't beat the Bible into people. Jesus loved people. Jesus acted. As he was supposed to act. And that is our goal. We're to go out into this world. We're supposed to have that salvation in our lives. Show the difference. Because if we're truly saved, we're going to have that difference in us, right? We're supposed to act differently. And we're supposed to go out in love and respect. And can you tell somebody that what they're doing is wrong? Absolutely. You can say, man, listen, this path you're going down, it is not a good path. But I tell you what, I know a way that you can get saved from it. My Jesus can save you. Look what it's done in my life. I would love to talk about it more to you. You know, there's ways that you could do it in love and kindness without beating them on it and scaring them the other way. Because the last thing I want to do as a Christian is be, is have this on my head that I ran somebody away from Christ because of the way I acted toward them. Because I was telling them about Jesus. I ran them about Christ because I did not go to them in love. And, you know, some people you can't control, they're going to run away from you no matter what. But we got to remember we were dead. It says verse one there, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins. We got to remember what this salvation did in our lives and just how big of a deal the resurrection of Jesus Christ was and the love that God had for us when He put Him on that cross, when He rose Him up from the grave with that miraculous power. We have the ability to be saved. We have the ability to have that that control that sin has on us to be able to be released. I don't know about you but it's amazing to know that we've been forgiven. It's amazing to know what God has done in our lives, and if we could just make the decision to accept Jesus Christ and fully rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to change us and to guide us and to make the right decisions, the freedom that we really have in our own lives to escape the sin, and then we could really look back at those who have not been saved and see where we once were and see what we, who we had been And what we were dealing with when we may not have ever seen it, and we got to realize, wait a minute, I was there. We need to have not a heart for, let's just get Jesus out there. But you know what? I understand why they need Jesus, right? So we want to have that heart of, I want to get Jesus out there to the world. But now we need to understand, I know why now that they really need Jesus, I get it. I get why when I tell them that I believe this way, I get it when I tell them that I wanna do this and not that anymore, that they look at me like I'm crazy and that is because I've been changed and they don't understand it because they're still a prisoner. It's like telling somebody in prison right now, hey, did you see what they're building down the street? No, they didn't see it because they're in prison. They can't see what's going on in the world. They can't see what's happening down the road. They're in a place that they cannot get out of, and that is the hold of sin. And today, Paul is telling us in chapter 2 what the fantasticness, just, just how fantastic salvation is in our lives. Well, let's continue to read here through the rest. And we got in verse 11, it says, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that You were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of the promise. Having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far off, have been bought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and broken down in his flesh, dividing the wall of hostility. So there you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place. God for God by the Spirit. So we see that Paul is now explaining to the Gentile crowd, here, wait a minute, remember remember where you came from. Not just the sin, but remember you Gentile, you who were not a Jew, did not have this opportunity long ago. Now we have the opportunity for everybody to be equal, everybody to be one, everybody to have a chance at heaven. See, the Gentiles, they they had the two types of alienation. First, they were sinners, so we know their sin nature got to them. And uh, I, I want to read this thing that I came across Uh, there were five ways that they were separated from Christ. It says they were separated from Christ by having no Savior to deliver them without a divine purpose or destiny. It says they were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, God's chosen people, so they were not able to be in there. They were strangers to the covenant of promise. They didn't understand what God had or know uh, the promise that God made, and it wasn't for them. It was only to the Jewish people. Uh, They had no hope because they had no divine promise. And number five, they did not have God in the world. They were without God. Now, they had many gods, little g's, right? But they didn't have the one true God, the God of the universe. So now with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is not a divide, we'll say, in humanity anymore. There was this divide. There was God's chosen people, and then there were the Gentiles. And now everybody is made one because of the resurrection see the resurrection didn't just affect the jews it didn't just affect the gentiles it affected every human being that ever will be on this earth moving forward from that point the resurrection is such a powerful force today my friends and i hope that we can remember as we continue this journey through the book of ephesians just how powerful the resurrection is and we know that paul was not afraid uh, to continuously talk about just how grateful he is for salvation and how grateful he is for what God did in his life. And I hope today, friends, that as you're living your life and as you sit down to pray and go about your day, that you could be thankful for that opportunity to be one with God and uh, you know be able to be in his presence that we never had back in the day of Noah. We didn't have that that opportunity for salvation, that opportunity for those things, but you know, through the resurrection, we have that opportunity to come close to God, just sitting in our office, sitting in our bedroom, our living room, wherever we're at, we have that opportunity to come to God in prayer and connection. And we need to just constantly be grateful for salvation each and every day, get as excited as Paul was, right? But anyways, folks, Go out there this week. Remember you're saved. Let's show the world that we are. Let's show them that difference in our lives. Let's show them love and remember that we, at one point in time, were there too. But anyways, I love each and every one of y'all. Y'all have a good week.